0: Join us, if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh, one terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off, and one kid-friendly scare for the little ones, or not so little ones needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay.
1: I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom. Pull on into our drive-in of terror for season two, episode two of Scare Your Pants Off. It's movie night. In tonight's episode, Our fright-filled feature is Halloween. Grab your snacks, we'll kill the lights. How you doing, Tom?
2: I am really, really good. How are you?
1: I'm really, really good. I'm super, I'm super excited that we're doing season two. I'm super excited that it's horror movies and I am over the moon that I get to talk about Halloween. And I'm very sorry for all of you that you have to listen, but I'm very excited.
2: I am too. I can't wait for for what you got because I'm a big Halloween fan, but I know you're you're a super fan, so I'm ex, I'm excited for us to for, to talk about it. It's going to be good. You doing anything fun this weekend? No, uh, Father's Day weekend uh, when we're recording this, so I'll uh, stop by see my father and uh, you know give him his gift and maybe help him with some yard work or something like that and. Uh, But not a whole heck of a lot this weekend Uh, how about you
1: honestly uh i think not not too much we're gonna um take my fiance, probably get him out of the house get him it's gonna be a beautiful day it's only gonna be 61 degrees it's gonna rain a little but i'll take rain and 61 degrees over 100 degrees and yucky um nothing much really probably some cupcakes and some breakfast and you know Yeah. yeah
2: That's
0: awesome.
1: So what do you got for me for your Campy movie today?
0: For those looking for a laugh, it's time for the Campy.
2: So I'm really excited because this week, the Campy is one of my all-time favorite franchises. It really got me into the horror genre even more. So I've always been a fan, but this really was like when I could appreciate it and really started getting into the horror genre and what i'm going to talk about is the evil dead franchise technically three films and then there's a reboot and then there's a series and then there's another film coming in the next year or so so but the first evil dead um was produced in 1981 as a su- uh, supernatural horror film which was written and directed by sam, sam Raimi and produced by rob tapper um and starred Bruce Campbell alongside Ellen Sandweiss, Richard DeMancourt, and Betsy Baker and Teresa Tilly. And the film focused on five college students vacationing in an isolated cabin in a remote wooded area. After they find an audio tape in the cabin that when they play it, it releases a legion of demons and spirits. Four members of the group suffer from uh, demonic possession of these demons forcing the fifth member, Ashley Ash Williams, played by Bruce Campbell, to survive an, an onslaught of increasingly gory mayhem. And uh, this this film was followed by Evil Dead 2, which was essentially the same film, just with a few added things to it, but almost, almost the same film, almost like a remake, just with a higher budget because, This first film was the epitome of independent uh, films. Are interested in like more just sort of behind the scenes stuff and what it was like filming this movie. Um, Check out Bruce Campbell's book, If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a Bee Actor, and then Hail to the Chin, Uh, Further Confessions of a Bee Actor. He really goes into detail just what it was like and coming up because he was a childhood friend of Sam and Ivan Ramey Ivans the brother of Sam Ramey Sam Ramy's the you know direct uh, is a big time director now this was his first film but uh, yeah, he's directed like the Spider-Man movies he's directed From Hell um, and a lot of, a lot of great films uh, and produced a lot Ivan his brother kind of was worked as a producer helped raise the money And Bruce Campbell is a friend who was originally uh, was just going to produce, but then kind of wanted to get into acting and ended up becoming the star of the film as well. The Evil Dead 2 was then followed up by Army of Darkness, which was a more sci-fi fantasy take where he goes into, you know, it goes into the past and then he's got to try to find his way back. Um, very much within the Evil Dead sensibilities and really good, one of my all-time favorites. That was followed by the 2013 reboot uh, starring Jane Levy, soft reboot, remake of it, um, which was then followed by Ash versus the Evil Dead, which is, I loved the series. It was from 2015 to 2018 on the Stars Network at the time. I don't know where you could get it nowadays, I don't, but uh, it was great series of three seasons i was actually sad when it ended and then they're coming out with a a new movie in the next year or so anyway so a little bit about the like i said it was the epitome of independent films this was their first film they had no money they had basically no equipment a few cameras but they rented most of it so they had to raise money and they were able to secure $90,000 to begin work on it after they were showing around this short that they had created called Within the Woods as kind of a proof of concept. And just a little interesting fact that uh, Bruce Campbell talks about, and I, I think Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi in recent years have talked about, um, as they were trying to raise money, one uh, a group that they found that was very eager to throw money into it were dentists kind of a cool little tidbit but um yeah the uh film did not it only grossed about 2.4 million in the u.s and the numbers change but anywhere from 2.7 to 29.4 million worldwide um so not a lot but it was made for very cheap like i said they they secured ninety thousand. then with the edits and stuff i think they said the final price was somewhere around three hundred thousand, so still fairly cheap yep. for a film because we know like some films are hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to make them um so even though 2.4 isn't a ton of money it's it was pretty good for return on investment yep. as far as films go and uh and since then has become a cult classic and and you know made tons of money on re-releases and different, you know, 40th anniversary editions or criterions or whatever. Um, and just oh, so good. So good guys. This is one of my all time favorites. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, now I'm. you've seen these correct or.
1: I have, I have, and it's, it's funny cause I, I sit here and I'm, and I'm kind of rethinking about them and it's it's amazing to me first of all how many how many movies that we to this day absolutely love that are however many years old start with the well we're broke situation and they're and they're amazing and i love that it was i love that one of them was funded largely by dentists that's kind of adds a a fun you know a fun thing to it but one thing i really love about the evil deads is it takes scenarios that really have kind of been done even at that point they've been done but they make them these whole new things like the 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 cabin in the woods and then the it's they make them a whole it's a whole new thing and it's and i love it
2: that's a great point that's a great great point because yeah it's you would almost think oh god uh, this trope you know they're in the ca- a cabin in the woods there's literally horror films named cabin in the woods but they do it and they do a difference and what i really like is that they realize with the low budget and inexperienced actors uh that as they're making it they learn to embrace the campiness of it as opposed to try to fight it and just try to make it a hundred percent like just a serious horror film that's into i scared no they, they realize oh there can be comedy in it and we're gonna not only can there be comedy but we're gonna embrace it and kind of almost bring it to an absurd level at points um great the great scene where uh bruce campbell gets attacked by his own hand and all the physical comedy that he does and they talk about it and they're like how it was amazing that he didn't get more hurt because he does all that because it was such a low buzz it, it wasn't c in there and it was you know early 80s 81 he was there wasn't cgi no. so he's doing all that himself he just and, and through you know his body work and a few camera tricks that they were able to do on their shoestring budget and it's just fantastic and you know like i said it it brought the world Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. He's gone on, he's written a bunch of books, comic books, these TV shows. He was in Burn Notice, the TV show Burn Notice and makes cameos and just uh, just a great, brought to the world, the great, great actor. He calls himself a B actor. I don't consider him a B actor, but I guess it kind of is because he's not in a ton of mainstream stuff. But uh, yeah, just i love this guys i can't say enough good things about it you, you really need to go go see it it's it's a lot of fun just, it, it really it really walks that line between comedy and horror in such a perfect way I, I implore you to go watch it guys
1: the the hand possession scene if you haven't seen the movie the hand possession scene is ridiculously elaborate and it mm-hmm. is it is and you're gonna start, and you're gonna be like, "What is happening?" And then it's it. They just it's amazing, and he did such a hysterically wonderful job with it. And but like I said, it is it is elaborate, and it is so much. But it's it's amazing. It's probably my favorite, like one of my favorite parts. And yeah, it's so funny.
2: Yeah, it is. It's it, it's so impressive what he's able to do. So it's yeah, guys, check it out. That's what I got
0: brave souls ready for a fright it's time for the feature
1: all right well i uh, i guess i will dive right into our feature presentation yes i have the absolute pleasure of talking about halloween as i said before um this is my absolute favorite horror movie franchise ever I love Michael Myers. I love Laurie Strode. Jamie Lee Curtis is just absolutely my favorite actress. And it's so great. So depending on how you look at it, there are either 11 or 13 Halloween movies. Um, There are 11 John Carpenter Halloween movies, which they're not all canon, but they are all Halloween movies. And then there are two Rob Zombie movies, which whatever your opinion is of that it is. And uh, so there are 13 in total Halloween movies two are Rob Zombies. I'll give you a quick lineup of where the, what they are and where they fall as far as when they came out. Uh, we have Halloween uh, from 1978, Halloween 2 from 1981, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982, which... <laughs> As a Halloween movie, as not wonderful. Uh, As a standalone movie, it's passable, maybe, but but don't watch it as part of the Halloween franchise and expect much. It's okay. Um, Then we have Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers in 1988. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers in 1989. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers in 1995 uh halloween h20 20 years later from 1998 and then halloween resurrection from 2002. then we have 2007 and 2009 the rob zombie films halloween and halloween 2 which are basically just a reboot of the first two movies and then you have 2018 halloween halloween kills in 2021 and this year in 2022 you will have halloween ends which i'm i've never looked forward to and dreaded the arrival of a movie so much
2: i can't wait but it will be a sad day
1: i might cry at a horror movie but it's okay i'm allowed to i don't cry at much but that's i i will i will probably be a baby so let's start right off with halloween of 1978 and halloween 2 of 1981. and one of my favorite behind the scenes facts of this movie is that they actually forgot a mask and ended up using an inside out captain kirk mask painted white and given some hair how do you forget first of all how do you forget to bring a mask to the filming of your horror movie that's fine
2: about mask man (laughs) (laughs) but that's awesome that's an awesome little like trivia yeah so in 1957
1: um on october 19th in haddonfield illinois uh michael audrey myers is born uh just over six years later on Halloween night young Michael would kill his older sister Judith Myers and from this day on for the next 15 years he would be spending his life locked away in Smith's Grove sanitarium but on Halloween night of 1978 Michael escapes and returns to Haddonfield another fun fact i don't know if you knew this but um the movie was actually almost called the babysitter murders really yep um one cool thing about it is john carpenter actually brought in his girlfriend who was also a writer and they co-wrote the babysitter murders in two weeks less than two weeks
2: wow that's really interesting
1: it really is um though babysitter murders is actually pretty fitting because that's what he does um it was suggested that the title maybe wouldn't grab enough people, wouldn't grab a wide enough audience, and it was suggested that he call it Halloween. And at this point, Carpenter was already, was surprised that there hadn't already been a movie called Halloween, because how is there not? Uh, But they were right, it's very impactful, and it grabs you, because if you're not a babysitter, do you care if they're killing the babysitters? Nope. So in the original Halloween, uh, Michael's non-family first victim is from Phelps Grudge, and that's where he steals the coveralls and gets rid of his sanitarium clothes and it's funny this murder this kill is actually left off of a lot of lists but it's where he gets his coveralls
2: huh i wonder why it's left off so many lists
1: i i I don't know it baffles me every time i see one i'm like oh come on you're (laughs) you're missing the suit Mm. um from there he would make his way to Nichols hardware store and he would steal a halloween mask and some knives and you find out that he's still undetected because this robbery was just blamed on quote-unquote some kids and i love that because it's his daughter kind of said you know it's always it's always some kids or whatever and um it's funny because you you know what happened but um Mm -hmm. it's pretty great so something eerie that happens and and i absolutely love the foreshadowing that maybe the first time when i saw this when i was younger i didn't realize it was foreshadowing but it really was and it's you see lori walking down the street and she sings a song that was made up for the movie it's not uh not to be confused with the the bill Withers song but she actually says the lyrics i wish i had you all alone just the two of us and it's so eerie if you think about it now because that's it's just so fitting but while she's singing this and walking down the street finally michael myers comes into view, the shape, he's there, and you can see now exactly why he's in Haddonfield. He has his eyes on her and that is who he is here for and that's the best possible way I think you can start that scene, yeah. After Judith and then the Phelps garage mechanic, um, the kills happen as follows. You. Find out that there's a dog in the Myers house that he killed to eat by slamming it into a wall. Don't kill dogs. But he had to eat. I'm really torn because I love Michael and he needed to eat, but don't kill dogs. It's not okay. Uh and then the second kill after that, well the next kill after that is another dog. I know, I'm sorry. No one wants to see the dog die in horror movies, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) Uh, the dog's name is Lester. And he's actually let out by Annie, uh, who, and the dog was strangled, and you actually hear the yelp. So I actually blame Annie, because, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> call that what you want. Maybe I'm a little crazy, but uh, yeah, it's Annie's fault that Lester's dead, and she should have been a better, better babysitter, but I digress. Um, Annie is the next victim, and she's strangled briefly, and then her throat is slid. And then you have Bob, who is Linda's boyfriend, who is stabbed through the chest, and then pinned to a cabinet with a kitchen knife. And I love that scene. And it's just it's it's so great. And it's one of the few times that Michael gets a little speed behind him. Not not he doesn't run at him or anything, but you just all of a sudden you can see like this quickness. It's um it's super unexpected, but it's it just happens like lightning and it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Linda, who uh, was strangled to death with a phone cord. And she's actually posed under the Judith Myers tombstone, which you find out was stolen. Uh, they don't show him stealing it, but you do find out that it was stolen. Now, Lori Strode, being the Forever Girl Scout, kept Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace safe from the boogeyman. Lindsay Wallace was dropped off by Annie, who, as I said before, not the best babysitter. Um, Annie dropped her off with uh, Lori so she could go get laid, which, you know, that's fine. No need to do your job, Annie is horrible. But (laughs) (laughs) um, you see Dr. Loomis throughout the movie uh, and you learn that he has a very long relationship with Michael from day one, Uh, the night of the murders, he was there. And he actually fights to keep Michael in the hospital, not because he hates him, not because, anything but because he knows that there is nothing left there is no good left in him and it's and it's funny you would almost think that that meant that he hated him or despised him but he doesn't you can tell loomis loves michael like a son and he in or like a sick twisted son i don't i don't even understand it but there is an absolute love there because he doesn't want him to keep doing what he's doing he wants him to stop but he also knows there's pain and he knows that there's horrible past and there's just all these things and it's i absolutely love loomis but uh he re-enters and actually saves lori uh by shooting michael a couple times and knocking him off the balcony and then they find out when they go to look that he's not there anymore and one of my favorite quotes from the halloween tour series actually comes from the scene lori looks at dr loomis and says was that the boogeyman and Dr. Lewis turns to her, and he's like, as a matter of fact, it was. And it's it's so epic at that point, because it's, like, I got chills thinking about it. It's so good. Yeah, it's so momentous. Um, so Halloween 2 picks right up where Halloween 1 left off. Uh, Lori's now hospitalized from the attack, and once again, she has to escape Michael's wrath, as he basically kills everybody that gets in the way of him to her at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. And it's in this movie that it's revealed that Lori is in fact his younger sister who was given up for adoption as an infant. And she didn't know this, but it's now, now you know. Um, It's also highly speculated, and they don't so much say it, but it's also highly speculated that being family isn't the only way they're connected but they might also be connected in a curse um and the only way to eliminate that curse is to end the myers bloodline which comes into play numerous times so this one ends with loomis and laurie blinding michael by stabbing him in the eyes and uh filling a hospital room with flammable gas loomis yells for Lori to leave and then he ignites the gas killing himself and you think possibly Michael, but you do end up seeing his silhouette walking out of the fire. So those are the first two movies. Anything you want to add? Anything you want to, you feel like I need to touch on?
2: No, well, you didn't miss anything. I just, um, how much I love, I just reiterate how much I love the, the movie and and how, as you're talking about, just makes me, that, that, the first one's such a classic, guys. Right. It's so, so good. And I'm not a super fan like Shay. I'm a big fan, but I, I, I can't matt shay's enthusiasm for it but so good that's all i want to say
1: all right well i'll continue then in 1982 john carpenter actually planned to end the michael myers portion of the halloween series big mistake (laughs) Mm. um and thus halloween three the season of the witch is born which is not have you seen it yes what are your thoughts
2: my thought is as a standalone movie if you just pretend it's not part of the halloween uh, franchise universe whatever you want to call it it's okay ish as a halloween movie ugh, ugh, not good
1: no no your thoughts so it I know it's it again like you said it's okay ish as being a standalone movie um to sum it up basically it's a it's a novelty company that makes uh, weaponized Halloween masks and sell them sells them to kids and basically they're um, they're turned on by this song that i'm not even going to pretend to mimic because it's awful um that that is a commercial on tv and then when the commercial airs all of a sudden you know death ensues but um i won't talk much about that because it's not it's not wonderful um in halloween four michael is back thank goodness if you're a halloween fan this is something you're probably going to want to see uh you find out in halloween four that laurie um actually died in a car accident and left behind an eight-year-old daughter you do however also find out that while you already know michael survived the blast but somehow loomis also survived it which if you saw too eh, it's a little sketchy that he survived it but okay um michael begins to hunt his niece laurie's eight-year-old daughter and the movie follows a lot of the typical standard kill everybody in their way and so on and so forth um Halloween 5 you find that the plans have completely changed again uh that Lori is actually in a mental health clinic and to speed it up again he hunts for her and the movie ends on a cliffhanger because Michael is supposedly captured and locked away then you have the curse of Michael Myers from 1995 and this this is important because it's one of the one of the curse theories which you see that initially they blame it on the curse of they say sam hain or Sawen. um this is this talks about the rune of thorn or the curse of thorn and that explains that michael is actually a conduit for a superhuman like serial killer so he is not superhuman but he is a conduit for a superhuman serial killer and that is what supposedly forced him to kill his family now Halloween H20 20 years later comes out and it's I actually really like this one as its own Halloween movie as its own set away um because although it starts with Lori not being Lori she's Carrie Tate she has changed her name she's uh you know the headmistress of a prestigious college she has a son uh per usual Michael enters and wreaks havoc but it's you see lori at this point go from being scared hiding and whatnot from michael to that's it she's done with it and and she's fighting back i mean she always fought back but this time it's you see her leave that fear and and go for it and it's really kind of cool
2: i like this one um i know it doesn't get a ton of love or whatever from people but i yeah i i i thought this one was surprisingly good actually Mm -hmm. i saw it and and, um probably one of my more favorite. had some really good stuff so
1: yeah well so in the end of h2o lori uh they they load up the a dead michael into a coroner's van and lori steals the van because she knows she has to make sure he's dead because she knows him she you know, she knows that he is probably still alive. She ends up wrecking the van, tossing it down basically a, a into a ditch and gets pinned behind between the van and a tree. And it's awesome because she gets out of the van and she she picks up an ax and he's reaching to her and he's reaching out to her like, help me, don't, you know, help me, I'm stuck and and whatever. And it's, you almost get an inkling of like a, the innocence or like a sadness or a like, you know, my baby sister. And then she lops off his head so good yes but she needed to she needed to to be sure that he is dead
2: mm-hmm.
1: now halloween resurrection comes next and it's <laughs> it's not my favorite but it's it has some merit to it because it's it's interesting uh you find out that who she beheaded was not michael big surprise kind of saw it coming but that's okay um the Myers house is the subject of a reality show led by exhibit. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's so tacky and it's corny and it's really cheesy, but honestly, it's, it's a fun watch. Um, they basically loaded up a bunch of big names at the time and, you know, set them into the house and, uh, their surprise guest obviously was Michael who came home again. Um, one scene towards the end of this movie that really bothered me though is um they're hanging laurie is holding on to michael and they're hanging off of uh the roof and she kisses him and it's her brother and she she knows but she like she like kisses him like like hubba hubba kisses him and it's
0: yeah.
1: it's was, was too much for me
2: yeah there was a little too much passion behind the kiss mm-hmm. or something that made it because like you said that's her brother
1: yeah yeah and i and i pretty sure she's aware of it yeah and or or regardless he's trying to kill her and even if she doesn't know he's trying to kill her and that's a lot of
2: yeah definitely a weird choice to make there uh whether it was the actor the director just kind of a a kind of a, a weird choice at least from the audience standpoint because it's kind because of, it is a little bit jarring. Um, mm-hmm. So I just remember really when you talk about Exhibit, remember Exhibit was everywhere for about two years. Yes, <laughs> he was like yep. he, he was huge for about two years. Just for anybody out there that like, if you're younger and you don't know who Exhibit is, he was a rapper that uh, crossed over into the mainstream. Did like hosting shows, uh, Pimp My Ride, right? Wasn't that yep. Exhibit? which I've, re- if you read articles about now, like how the they actually just destroyed those cars. And, and I know because like everything they did was not like <laughs> like what a car should do. And it was all done very cheaply. And it's like, yeah, people were not happy with their <laughs> cars afterwards because they just didn't run, right? But uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's not Exhibit's fault. He was, a no, great, no. he was a great host at the, he was awesome. And it, he, he's so funny. Oh God, that's um, funny. One thing, one thing that really bugged me, and I don't know if you noticed this or anybody else noticed this, but uh, in in that movie, uh, Resurrection, he's uh, his mask is a little more elliptant than I'm comfortable with.
2: <laughs> that's funny. It's,
1: it's very, uh, yeah.
2: But, <laughs> now that you say it, I didn't really thought about it, but now that you say it, yeah, that is. Yeah. I can see that.
1: <clears throat> so. 2007 and 2008 would. Well, Michael would suffer in my opinion, the worst fate imaginable for him. And I'm, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this and this was fine. We're allowed to have our own opinions, but in 2007 and 2008, Rob Zombie would take on the franchise and much in his typical fashion, he tweaked all the characters, but it was in an unflattering light. Loomis included, who I'm sorry, and I'm very passionate about this fact, would never abandon Michael ever. Never would happen, and he made it happen, and that just from the get go that killed it for me.
2: Yeah, and that seemed like something that Rob Zombie should have understood about Loomis's character to me. Yeah, it, it, saying he's supposedly like a, a horror super fan, like the rest of us. I mean, White Zombie is being, you know, every he's. And don't get me wrong he does great. hard like the devil's rejects is i I, I think a class like a masterpiece, yeah. honestly uh, of filmmaking um but yeah that just seemed weird to me that he wouldn't at least stay canon with that aspect yeah
1: well so on top of that which like we said is that's troubling because it's not Loomis loves him and it's for whatever reason there there's an absolute unconditional undying love there like a paternal love and but on top of that he over sexualized lori like lori's not an overly sexualized person part of her charm and what makes her stand out was the fact that she's kind of like a girl scout or you know the good girl and he really turned her into just one of the typical bimbo victims
2: and
1: that was yes i think so
2: yeah sherry his wife sherry moon yeah. zombie there yeah uh, i agree too yeah that's a good
1: point and i i am and like you i am actually typically a zombie fan i love rob zombie i love his music i love a lot of his movies he he just he's so unique and he has this like gruff dirty kind of vibe to him and i love it but these weren't for me Mm-mm. give him a watch though form your own opinion don't trust me watch him figure it out for yourself because to each his own now finally finally in 2018 Blumhouse comes in and Michael is back he is back better than ever and it, the 2018 movie comes in to place right after 1982's Halloween 2 so really everything between them not so much canon still great but not so much canon um it's it starts with uh, an aged super badass really well-trained laurie strode and it's this is who and i absolutely love how they depicted her again i like h2o but this is how laurie strode ends up and you know it because you don't she didn't cower she didn't hide she didn't you know she didn't let it overtake her she became the warrior she became who was going to end him and i and i absolutely love it uh she has a grown daughter and a teenage granddaughter her daughter really doesn't understand her mom's obsession with michael returning and why she still thinks that after you know over 40 years he would but the granddaughter whether she believes that he'll return or not respects that and understands that she's been through something and this is how she needs to cope with it um laurie's daughter basically has some resentment for growing up basically being trained to survive his return and you get that if if you were Lori, you'd want to do the same thing you know he's coming back from, you know 40 years 50 years however many years later he's coming back
2: yeah no this is um so and for listeners out there um it, if you listen to the first episode and if you haven't go ahead and uh, go back and listen for sure uh this second season we uh, talk about uh the newest test his chainsaw massacre when sat we get reintroduced to sally 40 50 years later and she's been training her whole life or since the 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 first encounter where she got away for to kill leatherface but then we talk about in the episode how she when she gets face to face with them all of a sudden like wants to talk and melts and starts crying and is scary yeah. on belief and, and how i i hated that that how laurie is complete that's how it should have been done yeah. like yep. training laurie badass now and it's, yeah it's, it's so great it's uh that's how you do it and, and to those who made the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah
1: well because there, there's it, you have to you have to hope that if you go through something that traumatic that terrifying with that whatever that you're not gonna let it beat you you're gonna overcome and you're you're gonna win and, and that's just you know, you're you're not gonna let it beat you, you're gonna beat it. And it's I, I love how they handled her. Um, obviously, Michael does come back and he attacks and he kills oodles of people, including her son-in-law. Um and by the end of the movie, by the end of Halloween 2018, they have Michael trapped in the basement of Lori's house. And Lori's house is set up with the sole purpose of trapping and killing Michael. And that's it, there's trap doors and walls that move and, and all this stuff. And it's, it's so elaborate and so well thought out. And I freaking love Blumhouse, but it leaves off with Michael in the basement, caged in and the house is on fire. And you know, a stabbed Lori and her daughter and granddaughter are leaving and they're heading to the hospital.
2: One of my favorite endings of any of the Halloween movies is this mm-hmm. one with Michael being, cause it's like, yeah, After so many movies and so many decades of Michael Myers terrorizing, you would do something. I would do something like that. It's like, I got to trap this motherfucker and and like, and kill him. And it's going to be elaborate because it's, like I said, how long now at this point, you know, going from the seventies to to whatever. So yeah i just sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no. but i love this ending to the like that that whole room when he when she hits the thing and it closes him in it's just so good so so well done
1: um so halloween kills from 2021 takes place it starts immediately where that one left off you have a uh, a, yeah, slightly holier than before, Lori holding her stomach with her daughter and her granddaughter in the back of a pickup truck, and they are fleeing to the hospital, they are, you know, speeding down the road, and all of a sudden you see lights and hear sirens flying in the other direction back towards the house, and Lori screams at the top of her lungs, and you can you can absolutely feel the pain, the, you know, the begging of let it burn, let it burn, because she knows that's the only way if anything that he's going to be gone um they do not let it burn they go into the house um and and some of the most brutal michael myers kills i've ever seen take place it's he takes out an entire team of firefighters and not just he doesn't just take them out he and in, it's individualized there is so many specific kills and it was such an incredible scene you know he takes out uh, an older couple after that to get the knives and there's part where he's stabbing the knives into the guy's back testing the different knives to pick which one he wants which is so, so awful but so great um he kills the new residents of the Myers home, which are Big and Little John, which are, from, I think they're from Saturday Night Live, right? Uh,
2: was it? Was I know that?
1: it's Stuart, not Saturday Night Live. Uh, it, Mad I, TV. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say
2: it's from Mad TV. Yeah, Big and Little John. Such, such a fun add-on in this movie, Big and Little John.
1: And if, if you're so inclined, look up Stuart memes from Halloween, because they are so... Freaking funny. I love it. Um, Michael Myers manages to take out some of the victims from his past that he missed, like uh Lonnie, Tommy Doyle, and Nurse Chambers, who already survived a a pretty near-death experience from him. Um, he takes out a bunch of Haddonfield citizens who, you know, jumped in to try and help and get rid of him, and even killed Lori's daughter, which by the movie's end, Lori doesn't know yet. And that is going to be ugly. And I can't, I can't wait to see it. Um, now one scene that happened in this, that makes me realize that it might be a little crazy and it's fine is, uh, towards the end of the movie, they are, there's an angry mob of people surrounding Michael Myers and he is on the ground and he is hurt and he is, it's, it is brutal. And they are attacking him. They're kicking him. They're stomping on his head. They're hitting with bats and everything else. And, and I felt, I was mad. I was, I was irate and I'm sitting there and I know and I, apparently I was making a face because my kid looks over at me and he goes mom what's wrong and I'm like they're hurting him and he's like mom he's the killer and I'm like still not okay absolutely not they need to stop because I guess in my head the only one that can hurt him is is at this point Laurie Strode and then I'm okay with it kind of but you know that's me but that's that's what I have that's what I have for the
2: Halloween series So um, as we're talking about this last one, the one thing, uh, the most recent film, the one thing that was weird, and I think we have talked about it in the past, I know we've talked about it with somebody, and is how little Laurie actually is in the film. Of the most recent because like when you, the trailers came out, it's her on all the voiceovers, you know, talking yeah. about how he's become something different. You know, he, he's he's no longer just you, he's something else. And so, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I because no. I know it's gearing up for uh, the final Halloween kills, which I'm sure she's going to be all up in and you know, um, with the daughter and stuff, but I uh, just just a weird little I, I i thought it was kind of strange at the time because it did, just the preview made it seem like she was she had yeah. a role in it it's so but it's still great
1: i feel like what what goes un unnoticed sometimes and i agree with you she wasn't in the movie much and I, it's at first think i'm like i'm like well you know it really wasn't enough lori but at the same time if you kind of take a step back and look the first two movies, and I believe the one that's going to be coming out this year, all take place over a matter of a couple hours. Like yeah. she's, so it's, it's, it made sense for her to be a smaller part of it. Cause she just got stabbed and she's out cold for some of it. And she's, she can't really walk too well because of the injury. And it really is just over a matter of probably less than like six or seven hours, even it's cause it's all on Halloween night. So. As much as yeah, she wasn't in it a ton. It really, like take like I said, take the step back and 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 kind of kind of put the timeline up. It, it as much as it wasn't great that she wasn't in it a lot. It does make a lot of sense.
2: And that's what I do appreciate about it too. Is and what I really like about these and you kind of you touch on it there and you kind of touched on it earlier is that uh, it it is such short amount of times and then it's picking up right after some of these times like you said like with the the most recent picked up literally right from the end of the other one i love that yeah. because sometimes movies it gets a little too convoluted and unclear in between like how much time has elapsed and what went on in that time because even if they tell you how much time is left what happened in that time was a big news did it, you know what i mean so it's i i really like that that it it, 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 it is shorter time frames it's all happening in one night usually and uh, and then they yeah it's just so much easier to follow in that way yeah. it, for me personally because i have such a shitty memory and um yeah but i cannot wait for halloween kills
1: cannot I, i'm dreading it and i'm looking forward to it and it i'm i'm so just mixed about it
2: so what out of all those that you, you just talked about what's your favorite favorite
1: oh, okay so i'm obviously partial to the first one because it really it's it sets the stage so well but i have to say i think my favorite might be might be 2018 because it's you had all these years of, you know, Laurie's story kind of changing and she's this and she's that. But she there was always something missing for me. And there was always something missing about how Lori would be. And I I feel like 2018 really like that's that's Lori. That's what happened to her. That is absolutely what she would have turned into. And it I just think they did so well with it. So I,
2: I guess I have to say 2018. 18 was great. I, I saw that. I got to see that in the theaters, um, which was, yeah, I just, I remember because I had that movie pass at the time where you got like three movies for $7.95 a month or something. You go to the theaters. I love that. Yeah, it was great until they finally were like, "Yeah, we're not making any money, so we can't do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> but it was yeah, and I remember going before work one day. It was out. I was like, "Oh, it was like 11 a.m. showing, and I didn't have to be at work until like 4:30 that day." I was like, "Oh, perfect!" And going and that that was a good one. Uh, yeah, it's so tough. There are so many installments, and they're all good in different ways and good in their own right. So it's but. Yep. Uh, my favorite
1: is not three,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That and I, I, I'm pretty not sure it's to say that three is probably most people's least favorite,
1: so
2: yeah. It's uh, but very cool. That's uh, love it, love the Halloween movies. Thank you. All right, well, I get to recommend the kids' movie this week
0: for the <coughs> It's time for the kid's scare.
2: And so this week I am going to recommend Return to Oz. Now, you've seen it, right? So not only have
1: I seen it, but when we were doing the draft to pick the movies we were doing, my second choice, and I picked Beetlejuice first because my favorite, my second choice was Return to Oz and you blew me out of the water by picking it i did not see it coming and you totally shocked me and i'm jealous but i i I love it it's a great movie
2: it is it is a great film i remember when i first saw it as a kid being freaked out a little bit by it because it's dark it's a different take guys it's not a direct sequel to uh the Wizard of Oz. it's um same universe it's based off of um because l frank baum who wrote the wizard of oz and all the books within that series and there's a lot in there guys it, 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 it's really impressive the universe that he created of oz and everything uh, um if you're looking for a good book or books plural to read check it out because there's a lot of good installments uh but yeah this was released in 1985. it's a dark fantasy film uh released and produced by walt disney directed and written by walter merch and co-written by Gil dennis and real brief synopsis is that dorothy returns to the land of oz to find it has been conquered by the gnome king so she must restore it with her new uh, she must restore it to the old oz the oz that we knew the emerald city she must restore it with her the help of her new friends the lena TikTok, jack Pumpkinhead, the gump and Prin- princess ozma so just real that was just a real brief synopsis of it um it was based on like i said it's within the series of books uh, based on oz but it's primarily based on the marvelous land of oz which was written in 1904 and ozma of oz which was written in 1907 it's like i said it's not a direct it's a sequel it's not really a direct sequel um Balk, this time plays dorothy yale who she is fantastic i believe it's her first film um she's very young at the time she was cast out of over a thousand children that they auditioned in eight different cities and she was just one of 600 that just came out of vancouver alone and so and i think they did they they picked the right actress for it personally it's she because even as a child and you see it more as she's older, like in waterboy and movies she's she's got like a eccentricity to her and uh almost like a darkness that that or something she's she's beautifully creepy yes she's stunning. her eyes are
1: out of this world but she's she she's beautifully creepy and it's perfect
2: yeah and and uh, as the child and if you, those of you who have listened to me and Shay over the last you know from the first season of our show and stuff something about creepy children makes it it's just creepier and and not i'm not saying she's a creepy person or anything just cut her within this creepy movie is it it just it, it works so well it's so good and um guys like i said this i'd like we're recommending children's movies this is a little dark and under the age of 10 they may but they probably will be frightened by a lot of it like the wheelers or wheelies um
1: oh, momby with the the head yeah, and the, oh.
2: yeah there's, there's a lot it, it, like i said it's a darker take so just caution like i said if your kids are are the type to get nightmares from watching stuff you may want to wait until they're a little bit older because it is dark and i know like of kids when we were growing up that had nightmares from this but it was a different time too when we were growing up like we just watched our nobody really thought anything of us watching r-rated movies i mean our parents would i remember parents taking us like on 10 and 11th birthdays with a group of friends and buying us tickets to r rated movie and then just leaving and come picking us up like four hours later. It would they wouldn't even sit in the movie with us or anything. So it just it was a different time. So it it's tough for me to say the actual age, but if your kid's easily frightened, you might want to wait until they're a little bit older because there's it, it's uh it's it can get pretty dark at points, but it is so good and would you you classify this as horror. Yeah, no, I I really would. It's,
1: it's, and like you said, yeah, I, maybe super young watch it yourself first and kind of decide how you think your kid will feel about it if you haven't seen it. Um, but it is, yeah, it is really scary to its core. Like, especially even now, like looking back at it as an adult, it's very dark. It's very scary. Um, even down to, you know, uh, when Dorothy's in the hospital and the machines and the just, yeah, everything, it's, it's it's so aesthetically terrifying like at its core, it's, but it's so beautifully done at the same time, and it is quite a beautiful movie actually too.
2: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it, like you, the way you said it, it's a really good way of putting it, like off-putting almost. It, um, you, honestly, if I didn't know better looking back, I would have thought this was like a Terry Gillum film who, uh, what did he did? adventures of baron munchausen and brazil and 12 monkeys and Mm. uh, those yeah it it just like the stylistically it felt very terry gillam to me i don't know if he was ever tied to it or not but i i just got that feel from it. but yeah it wasn't a super successful film at the time because again it was dark and then people were confused because some people were just kind of expecting a more of like a direct sequel to yeah. uh, uh, The Wizard of Oz, because there's a, there's a lot of people that don't realize this is based off a series of books too, like, or knew that there was a book, but didn't realize this whole series that Baum created with this universe. And it's like, it, it's really, it, all, it, it's one of the earlier detailed sort of fantasy, stuff uh we would see it later with lord of the rings and stuff you know what i mean those types of movies dark crystal the this sort of creating these large hobbit you know movies with these large fantasy universes that you know that covered numerous numerous books and this was a very early early sort of version of that and, and i really love it i haven't read too i've read a few of them i haven't read too many have you read any of the books within the series
1: i read i i don't remember the full-on title but i, I remember the i read i think it was the first one but i had it was in school and like reread part of it and the teacher read part of it and we read part of it, and the teacher read part of it um it, it was it was very cool but it's my understanding and i haven't read all of them that the, the books actually get very dark yes and it's, but that's not surprising because I mean a lot of our like little fairy tale stories that are sweet and whatever are very dark in Oregon.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the Brothers Grimm and all of that. Where mm-hmm. yeah, the the original version people don't realize they only they only know the Disney version, which hey, the Disney version fine and they're great movies yeah. or whatever in their own right. But yeah, they don't they don't take into account the actual it's it's modernizations and it's. They don't, you know, they shy away from the darker stuff that was in a lot of the, because a lot of them are fables or fables or fairy tales and stuff that are supposed to have a moral and a in a story behind it and uh, not story but a moral behind it. So, um, yeah, it's dark dark fantasy. I, uh, I I can't say enough good things about it, guys. I don't want to tell you like to like I said I gave you that brief synopsis. Um, I don't want to like ruin too much because this is a movie I feel like like a lot of the movies we're gonna talk about this season people are probably seeing them not from the aspect we're coming from and probably didn't know a lot of the stuff we're talking about. You know what I mean when we started of get into the behind the scenes and the little stories about Gunnar Hansen or whatever it was or uh you know the Halloween they they won't know that. But uh this is one that I feel like maybe not a lot of people have really seen this movie. I agree. Comparatively, so I don't want to give away too much, but uh, I, I, I highly suggest it. But is there any parts or anything that you think we can talk about um, to let them know? Um, great visual effects, great sound effects, too, that the wheelers and uh, wheelies, that they're just creepy sounds and stuff, but nothing yeah.
1: specific i feel like i feel like honestly too like if you if you haven't watched it yet and you're going in you're gonna sit down and watch it taking the whole movie though like don't don't miss the absolutely stunning scenery behind it it's they put there's so much more to the movie there's just everything is so beautiful yeah
2: that's a that's a great point like when when they were in that room with all the the different artifacts and stuff and it, it the amount of detail if you're actually if you actually just really take it all in and stop it, it is quite astounding it's uh that's a great point yeah stylistically it's beautiful and dark and um yeah it's one of those that yeah set aside the time it's not one of those that i i you're gonna want to start and stop and start and stop it's like set aside the time and watch it and like i said if you have kids like shay had said a little bit earlier if you have kids maybe watch it yourself first that way you determine whether or not it's appropriate for your age whatever age your child is at because i think they'll like it but under 10 they could get pretty creeped mm-hmm. out by it so it's uh yeah that's return turned out oh, let's check it out guys awesome job well you got anything else for me i do not
1: all right well thanks for joining us Meet us at the snack bar next week when Midsummer will be on the big screen. Until then, sweet dreams.
2: Sweet dreams, guys.
0: As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people. So check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers if those closet doors (laughs) shut. Until next week,
1: my friends.